Good morning, folks. On this installment of the Sports Rap Podcast, we will be discussing the current actions going on in the NBA with their return to play. Good morning, good morning, folks. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, and I am here with you. And you know what it is. You know what time it is. 11.20 a.m. A little bit behind the whistle. But nonetheless, we are definitely here. Or I am definitely here. And I am here with you. So this is what we do. Each and every Monday, we give you some news and some updates. Then we get into everything that we get into. So here we go. You got some technical difficulties here right now so let me get this going so we got some news and some updates for you uh it's just been reported that with the new collective bargaining agreement joel and b will have the final three years of his 95 million dollar contract guaranteed okay after the new agreement uh nba coach and an anonymous nba coach predicts that there will be a lockout in 2021 if the season does not resume and renegotiating of the CBA. Uh, NBA players are also discussing the best ways to use their influence to help the Black Lives Matters uh, protest and possibly including not playing. We'll definitely talk about that a few seconds down the line. Shout out to, uh, let me see, Major League owners, Major League Baseball owners will meet, will have a meeting today to decide what they're going to do about their season. We will talk about that a little bit later. Stanford's head football coach is in support of kneeling. J.J. Watt defends the kneeling. Pete Carroll comes out in a statement and says, and I quote, we have to support our players, end quote. Also, uh, Major League Baseball informs teams that they can resume scouting activities, which ends a ban that was instituted March the 19th, which was probably around the time that we got into this um, quarantine or whatever. And finally, there's a huge, huge deal possibly coming for Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury to have a fight and possibly set up for an automatic rematch in that deal. So there you have it, your news and your updates for today, June 15th, 2020. So with that being said, we're going to move right into our NBA talk, our NBA conversations. And we all know that um, in these conversations, what went on and how things played out. So I want to start with the Kyrie Irving conference call. And we all know, just to just backtrack and give you a little bit of uh, background history of what's going on, we all know that the NBA has come to an agreement and they have set a date to start the season on July 30th. It was actually supposed to be July 31st, but they moved it up a day for whatever reason. But nonetheless, um, it is going to happen. Or at least we, right now, we think it is going to happen. So, you have, I can't really say a split but you've got people on both sides of the fence. Uh, you got players on both sides of the fence where you have some players who want to go and play that are okay with the NBA uh, resuming their season. And then there are also still a lot of questions. Like I mentioned last week when we went into this in a lot, lot more detail about the, the starting of the restart of the season. The NBA, um, I mentioned, understands that there are going to be still some questions. There are going to be some concerns um, moving forward. And I think that they are doing a pretty good job in trying to lay these, lay these issues or concerns out front or up front and knowing what they could possibly be dealing with and possibly now beginning to try and find ways on how to deal with those issues that, that will that they, that they think will arise um, along the way. But one of the things I, I want to get to is on Friday, there was a, a conference call uh, between headed 
by one Kyrie Irving um, with some other NBA players and about them, his stance on his reasoning for not wanting to join the restart and not and trying to urge the players to not want to uh, participate in the restart. Uh, some of the call, some of the players that were listed on that call, and they said it was about 80 NBA players um, involved in this call. Some of the names that they actually gave out that they let us know were Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwight Howard. And since this has been put out, I read earlier today that Dwight Howard is uncertain if he's going to, if he wants to participate in the uh, restart. So one of the points um, that Kyrie Irving is saying is that he doesn't support going to, going to Orlando and he says he's not with the systematic racism and bullshit. Something smells a little fishy. And I quote, end quote. So, with that being said, and that is his quote, I, I totally understand um, his point, his standpoint. I get it. And for him to call these players and get his point out or try to get his point out and try to persuade other players to see it his way it is a very, very valiant effort um, on his part. Um, he may get some to swing his way. He may get some that will swing the other way, which is where the NBA players basically are right now. Even before this conference call with Kyrie, there was some talk about players that had some concerns and issues and were uncertain about um, rejoining the teams um, if their team was invited. So, you know, like I mentioned last week, they're only having 22 teams, which means, and again, to break it down for you, it's the 16 teams that will make the playoffs. But then there's another six teams that were in that were within uh, six games of the eighth and final playoff spot when the season was canceled. So they'll get eight games in a regular season, which will give these teams, uh, the other six teams, a chance to get into the playoffs or not get into the playoffs. Um, what they're saying is once they finish these first eight games, that one through seven, scenes one through seven would pretty much be locked. Um, they were almost locked as we um, as the season was canceled, but to give them a little bit more wiggle room, and like they said, seeds one through seven will more than likely be locked after this eight-game resuming of the season, and it will give these other six teams an opportunity to make some headway and get closer to or even get into the playoffs. So some of the other players... Um, that reported that were reported on the call were Indiana's Malcolm Brogdon, C.J. McCollum, Joel Embiid, Justin Holiday, Rudy, Rudy, uh, Rudy San Antonio. That's Rudy. I forget his last name now, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Tobias Harris, uh, Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley, Zach Collins, Isaiah Miles. I mean Miles Turner. And former NBA and NBA executive, NBA former NBA player, player, and NBA executive Roger Mason Jr. was also on the call. So these players have listened to Kyrie. He made his stance, and like I was getting ready to get into, I, I understand uh, some of his reasoning for not wanting to go because we are still in a pandemic, and like I said, the NBA in my opinion, is making a great, great effort, like I said, in trying to get their season started and trying to lay out the issues. Like, you haven't seen, heard any other major sports that have actually give you, given you any information about concerns or issues that may arise if the season was to start. Every other one is just how can they start the season? How can they do this? How can they do that? But it's all centered around just the actual getting the season started. The NBA, on the other hand, has already lined out some issues or concerns that may or may not arise. And they are working on contingency plans if any of those issues or concerns do happen to arise. So I applaud them for that and, and being uh, willing and able to Willing, yeah, willing and able to attempt this and get their season started. Now, it's hard 
to understand fully Kyrie's stance. Um, like I said, I, I see on the face value, I see his stance as legit. I understand his argument um, with the concerns and with everything that's going on around us. And just in the world in general, not just considering basketball, but just in the world in general. And we do know that before we were in this total pandemic, that there were players in the NBA that had tested positive. So again, I understand the overall concern of Kyrie Irving. And another thing I'm just throwing out there, playing somewhat of devil's advocate, is the fact that before he had this conference call, he wanted to know, and if you haven't seen this, I get information all the time. He, he wanted to know if he would be able to go as an injured player and be in support of his team. So I didn't get a whole lot of uh, feedback on that and what um, I didn't get a lot of feedback on that yet. So I'll do some research on that and get back to you on that about his what his response was, what response he got in that matter. But now he has this conference call and he's kind of trying to urge or persuade, if you will, players to not uh, attend this restart, this resume, resume, resumation of the NBA. But my question, and like I said, playing devil's advocate, Kyrie, I understand your fight. I understand what you're saying, and I, I agree with it. But you can do this fight in another way because technically you don't have to go because you're injured. You're not going to be playing anyway. So if I'm injured and, and you know, if, if I'm putting myself in that position as an injured player, I don't think I'm going to try and raise this much or ruffle these many feathers because I'm not playing. I'm not participating fully. So, yeah, I may come. If I'm allowed, uh, I'll come and be in support of my team, my teammates, things of that nature. Even if I can't, if there was some way to work out where I don't have to stay in the bubble and I could just come to games. Now, I don't have to be, I don't have to be at practices or anything like that. I can just come to the games and support my teammates that way. That is where my mind frame would be as an injured player uh, if, if I wanted to attend. But we all know this Kyrie thing since he's been in the league, how his mind works in, in different ways or works differently than the average uh, NBA player or the average person. And it has caused some rift, if you will, within the organization, within the band of brothers that we call the NBA. Uh, there's also been a report of some other high-profile players and other former players that are in disagreement with what Kyrie has to say about the restart of the season. And, you know, it has... And I quote from Vince Goodwill of Yahoo Sports. He said, several high-profile players have been communicating with others in mass about the financial and practical implications if they don't play. Okay, Goodwill wrote, if there are no more games, the owners can and will likely activate the force majeure clause and reopen the collective bargaining agreement. And the players would, leave, would have little leverage with the owners because of how the how the economy has been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. So these players or these high-profile, these alleged high-profile players that have been talking amongst themselves um, and about the restart, and they said it, about the economic impact and how it would bode for them in the long run. And as you see, what I just read to you, what I just told you, is the fact that if they don't play, they could possibly open up more, open up new negotiations uh, with a new for a new collective bargaining agreement, and where this them not playing the economic state of the country due to COVID nine, like they mentioned, would give a lot more leverage, a lot more power to the owners, which is something that the players have been fighting for for a long time, and I, and I'm pretty sure 
it, it's something that they don't want to relinquish to the owners and have the owners have that leverage. I mean, the owners have enough leverage, if you will, already. So I think they, the players would be at a serious loss if something like that were to happen. Uh, so there are a lot of issues and concerns around this now. Uh, I'm going to get into some of the things since I'm here on Kyrie. One, Kendrick Perkins, who is a player, a former player, who was against Kyrie's disagreement or Kyrie's phone call and attempted persuasion of other NBA players. Um, and this is Kendrick Perkins's comment on Twitter, and I quote, Unnecessary drama. He says, oh, he condensed comedy. He says, I'm so damn confused when it comes down to Kyrie Irving. Just nine days ago, he was saying this. Now, all of a sudden, it's something different. Now, he started unnecessary drama between the NBA brothers, which is something we don't need right now, end quote. So, with that being said, I, I understand as well where... Kendrick Perkins is going with that. And he even says it in there. Nine days ago, Kyrie felt one way. Now, all of a sudden, he wants A, B, and C to take place. So, again, just backtracking a little bit, and we're going to you know, lay this whole thing out. I, I understand, like you said, Kyrie said, he's not with the systematic racism. I understand how this whole situation of handling the NBA and attempting to resume the season could be observed as a form of systematic racism. I totally understand that. I totally get that. But we have to make, we have to let people make their own decisions, decisions because then we'll know where they stand and we'll know how to deal with those people according. So Kendrick Perkins's point to Kendrick Perkins's point he feels that Kyrie should be on one side of the issue. Um just been this is just my my interpretation of reading his his tweet his quote. So now he feels like you may have had some players that were in or all aboard or on board with starting the season who got wind of this phone call and have talked, or maybe have talked, spoken with some people that were on this phone call that might be considering changing their minds or might be thinking about having a change of heart uh, as we get closer to starting the NBA season. So when you have a rift or when you cause drama, and like I agree with Perkins, it's unnecessary drama. But when you do things like this, you kind of draw a wedge, excuse me, if you will, in between the product. I'm going to use that word, in between the product, where you will have some people that will agree with you, and then you'll have some others that won't. And of course, we know how this thing goes up. When you have people on both sides of the fence, everyone is wanting to or is going to try and get their narrative out, explain their point, and express their point. But with this situation, like we said, like I just mentioned, the high-profile athletes who are thinking the whole thing completely through and looking at the financial situations or the economical situations of themselves, their counterparts, and what COVID-19 effect has put on the world economy, the simple fact that you you split these guys up or you draw this wedge, if and when it comes to, like I just mentioned to you and I told you that one anonymous coach is expecting or predicting a lockout in 2021 because of this. So then you go back to the table. And with your players being split, and Kyrie should know this because he was an elected member, uh, elected official in the NBA Players Association, when you do this, when you drive this kind of a wedge in between the product, now you've got guys on both sides of the fence and their particular right. And when it comes to bargaining or having some leverage, 
Now you're even. Now you're even a step. You're a step or two even back further than you originally were. Like if the season doesn't go and they go back to the table and have to renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement. All right. Now we know the owners will have leverage. Okay. If you drive this wedge in between the product, like I'm going to keep calling it the product. Now you're going to have two sides of a product going up against one. And these players being split gives them an even greater disadvantage. It even lessens their chances of gaining any type of leverage in fighting against the owners. So, again, to Kendrick Perkins' point, I understand where this might not be the time to try and differentiate where people's feelings are, where people's thoughts process are. So, Kyrie, you, you take a step back and look, and everybody that was on that call, I think the people that were on that call with Kyrie need to also talk to these other athletes who are for or against what Kyrie, who, who are against what Kyrie has laid out and see what their stance is and then make your decision after hearing both sides. Don't just listen to one side being spoon-fed and then disregard what the other side is saying. I, thought, I think it's in their benefit, their true benefit, to listen to both sides. What Kyrie said, which they already have done, now they need to turn and have some dialogue or some conversation with these other athletes who are against what Kyrie said to come together to form some kind of unity. Can't have this, this, this dissension when you're trying to get a new collective bargaining agreement. It won't bode well for the players. Now, with that being said, and I mentioned that this might not be the exact time for that as well. There's also been issues around this whole situation that restarting the NBA may have some hindrance um, or it may take away or overshadow the Black Lives Matters protest and, and what we're fighting for today. I honestly don't think it will. I think it will give us a break. And when I say a break, I say give us a break to get our thoughts together so we can strategically plan the next move because the moves have to continue. If, if they don't continue, then what's going to happen is you'll be fed for a period of time, like it always happens. You'll be fed for a period of time. And when things smooth over, then something else will happen and all of this will start back up again. Like we like to say, history does repeat itself. Everything's a cycle. So, in my stating that I think it would be a good break from the protesting, and I don't mean stop protesting, because there is a way that it can be done, okay? So obviously we know that these games are going to be played without any fans in the stadiums or whatever. So here we go again, and this is where I was at way back when, when we talked about protesting and other avenues that I thought of to protest. We can all, or the players can agree to go and play. And then, of course, there's no fans, so there's going to be some type of TV, some type of way that the fans can be privy to these games. What if, in our continued protest, they play, but we don't watch? TV ratings will subside. They will drop immensely. And there is where we get them in the pockets. TV contracts are huge, huge in major sports. And if they play and we boycott, we will see how it can make a change. And this is just a thought that I had. Uh, and, you know, that's another way of protesting. Like I said, let them play. Go ahead and play. But since we can't come, we're not going to watch either. And you see how that works out for you. And then you'll maybe well, you'll understand that we mean something. Um, you'll take our words seriously and our actions seriously as opposed to the protesting. And you got to hit them 
where they feel it. Like I said, the, the, the things that are going on now, the protests, some of the rioting, eh, I'm up and down with that. Protest, but they have to continue. Like I said, we can't just get satisfied and then eventually wean ourselves off of it and not be protesting anymore. We have to continue the fight. And, and I'm not saying we have to march and pro and march on uh, city halls and things of that nature um, every week or every month. There are plenty of ways. As we see, the quarantine is beginning to get lifted. So like I said before, and, and like was mentioned earlier, you have these stores that will possibly reopen. Hit them where it hurts. And don't shop at these stores. Okay? You can reopen, but we're not going to support your business. Until you show me or prove to me that you're in this fight with me or you support my fight. If you don't support my fight, I will not support you. Okay, that, that's how we can um, do that. And that leads me into my next point where, again, the Black Lives Matter issues are very prevalent right now. Um, I'm going to talk about another young man who's all over the news right now as of a few days ago. I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but I want to bring up this point with what Austin Rivers, uh, and he, after Kyrie's phone call, Austin Rivers had an idea. He come up with the thought process where he says that NBA players earning their salaries will be able to financially aid the cause while continuing to devote time and energy to the movement. Lisa Savage, what's going on? So one of the things that he did say was that if the league does consider restarting, he said players could consider using their salary from this restart to support Black Lives Matter matters issues. Um, I think that's a great idea. And again, you know, he caught a little bit of flack, but on the other side of the fence with this, Lou Williams from the Los Angeles Clippers said, and I quote on his Twitter, Fans watching games could distract from the movement and reduce participation in the peaceful protests that are taking place throughout the nation, end quote. Again, I, I, I understand what Lou Williams is saying, but that brings me back to my point that I just brought up. Play, but don't support the TV contracts and don't watch the game since the fans can't go. That's the only way you'll be able to see it. Don't support the TV contract. Don't watch it. Protest that way. So you still have your protest, your peaceful protest. It's not, I don't think it will be taken away from the Black Lives Matter protest because there are ways that it can be done. Um, all of the guys like they did before, they can wear the I Can't Breathe t-shirts. They can wear the Black Lives Matters protest, you know, t-shirts and their warm-ups and things of that nature. So there are ways that this can be um, accomplished. It can be done. Uh, injured Kyrie, you know, they talk about Kyrie again in this article. And, you know, one of the things that uh, Rivers said is trying to find the correlation, punctuating that, the shrug emoji, okay? He said, us coming back will put money in all of our pockets. With this money, you could help out even more people and continue to give, more importantly, your time and energy towards the Black Lives Matters movement, which I'm 100% on board with. Because change needs to happen, and injustice has been going on too long. Um, Rivers also wrote, The entertainment the NBA provides can give some black kids hope and prevent them from maybe going out and getting into trouble due to the unfair and unequal environments a lot of African Americans' kids are placed in. So, I think that it's a great idea, Austin Rivers. Um, and what also the last thing from Austin River, he says, and I quote, I love Kyrie's passion towards helping this movement. It's admirable and inspiring. He's with it, but not at the cost of the whole NBA and players careers. So his point, I think, is that, hey, Dana, what's going on? Jim Miller, what's happening? I, I think uh, Austin Rivers' point is. That there is a way that it can be done. And like I said, some like I said, I said protest, you know, um, for the adults. You can protest watching the games. But like Austin Rivers just said, for the kids, 
it can give them some sense of hope that we can get through some things and, and continue on with life as we knew it before this pandemic. Now, with that being said, it is 10 minutes to the noontime hour. I am going to take my first break. And when I get back, we are going to talk about more protesting. We're going to talk about Ben Carson. And I got some Steven Jackson stuff that I'm going to add in before we get into Ben Carson. So Steven Jackson, Ben Carson, more protests, more police brutality and injustice coming up. Stay tuned. You are tuned in to Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D. I'll see you on the other side in just a few minutes. All right, folks, in part two of today's installment, we will continue with Stephen Jackson's comments on the Sports Rap Podcast, and we will get into the Ben Carson stuff and Florida passing that new bill for college students. Stay tuned. All right, folks, we are back. It's your boy, Sports Rap D, Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio, Sports Rap Radio Show. I'm here, I'm in the studio, and we are doing what we do. And well, each and every Monday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., this is where you find me. And let's get it cracking. So we're back, and I wanted just to touch on, um, as we closed out, we talked about the NBA and their ongoing issues and whatnot. But I wanted to come back, and I wanted to, before I get into my next segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about Steven Jackson. As you know, uh, the most recent uprising and protests have been stemmed somewhat primarily around the issue with George Floyd, who was a very close, close friend of Steven Jackson, who, if you do not know, Steven Jackson is a former NBA player and now, former NBA player now turned activist on behalf of his beloved childhood friend. And again, if you haven't um, been following me on social media, you should at SportsGrab underscore D on Instagram. Tom, what's going on? And I want to mention that I am totally, totally behind what Steven Jackson is doing. Uh, way back when, when this whole issue started with Colin Kaepernick back in, I believe, 2016, Baldy and myself were on the show and we discussed a lot of things in relationship to the protest and we even broke down the Star Spangled Banner and other things of that nature. We brought a lot into it. And I am, one of the things that we mentioned back then, um, and we also talked to Jason Carson, um, a former NFL player who talked to us about changing the narrative and being part of the narrative. And what's going on, Frank? One of the things that I mentioned back then was that, and this was in agreement with um, Mr. Carson, Carthen, I'm sorry, uh, was the fact that we need people to sit in these tables. We need people that have this voice that can get a hold or get to conversations or get to op- or get opportunities to have conversations or dialogues with these big wigs. Um, we need them in every way possible. And this is one of the reasons why I commend and applaud. Um, yes, I am Steve Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, One of the things that I applauded Steven Jackson for was being the former NBA player and being able to use his voice and his platform to fight for George Floyd. And it's very, very sincere. It hit home hard for him. So I'm almost certain that him thinking about him having that platform was like second nature. It was like an afterthought, if you will. Um, He probably didn't even think about it that way because this was his friend. And these are things, excuse me, what happened to his friend are things that I'm sure he probably experienced. Not to the extent of his friend, but situations. All of these injustices are things that he's probably experienced. Coming from Port Arthur, Texas, I'm sure. Um, Being an African-American in this um, world being on both ends of the spectrum of us as if you will being that kid in the inner city if you will that poor kid from Port Arthur Texas to moving into the NBA and being in that next tax bracket 
with a higher tax bracket and being able to rub elbows with these other people. So one of the things that he feels right now is that the also the return of the NBA will shift the conversation away from social justice and police reform. In Stephen Jackson's defense, again, I agree with what he's saying. I see where his point is. His, has a valid point. But just to add this in, I also feel like him being who he is, knowing the people that he still knows in and around the NBA, I think it can help. But it has to be like he wants it to be and like he keeps um, reiterating. It's got to be sincere. Either you're with me or you're against me. So I think that he can use this to pull some more people in because we need these kind of people. Hey, I miss Joe. These are the kind of people that we need at these rallies and at these tables. And we've seen a lot of it. Um, a lot of the NFL players, they did videos. Uh, some of the Philadelphia 76ers were actually here in protest and peaceful protest with the people here in our very own city. So I think that Steven Jackson has the pull and like his podcast, All the Smoke, you can provide more smoke for these people if you get your friends involved. And I think, like I said, if we get this season started, it will show people that we can press on, but we're not going to stop fighting. And this is where I say Steven Jackson can, I feel like, can get his friends involved and be uh, part of that money. What's going on? So I, I, I shout out to you, Captain Jack, as I like to call you, Steven Jackson. We can do this, bro. Um, if I was in a way, means that I can help, and what I'm doing right now on my platform is expressing my feelings and how I'm in support of everything that you're doing. I'm hoping that that helps. That's the way that I can help right now. And I will continue to do that um, for the rest of my walking days. And I'm, I'm in this fight with you guys. And wherever I can use my little platform that I have right here, I will definitely use it. And it has, like I said in the last segment, it, it, the protesting and things have to continue. But we are, as a people, we are so intelligent. And, and we plan out things for what in general consensus would say are the bad reasons if we just focus a little bit of that energy onto the opposite side imagine what we could accomplish i'm going to read a comment here from tom coppolini he says you know the sad thing as much as i hate to say say it racism was here when me and my when me and you got here and it's more than it's more than likely going to be here when we're going when we're going big time. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, one of the issues with the racism being more rampant or coming out today, not trying to be negative, calling it like I said, absolutely, I didn't take it as, as negative, Tom. What that means is racism has been around since day one. We know it. We are. We can go back history and trace it back to the Watts riots, the Rodney King beatings, and even before that. So we know it's been around. One of the issues that has it a lot more prevalent right now is the fact that we have who we have in office as president of this country. He has given these racists their door, their window, to poke through where they have been hidden and would not say things in public, where now they feel more comfortable saying a lot of this stuff and doing a lot of these things in public, which is a total disgrace. Okay? And we all know, like I said on the show last week, you know, we all know, ball, what's going on? Uh, true lepers will always show their spots. And, you know, I'm here. 215-221-9435. If anyone local or anyone anywhere wants to call in, and chime in on this ball. You can give me your comments if you want. If not, you can call in. That's 215-221-9435 is the number to get in on this conversation. But if you can't call in, like I said, I'm live and I will read your comments. You can send me comments on the live feed. So I get, you know, where um, Stephen Jackson's point is. I, I, I can understand what he's saying and get behind what he's saying. 
but I just disagree a little bit where I think that it could help as well. Um, you know, and like I said, you have the influence now. You have even more influence now that you're doing what you're doing. And if you can get these guys that were on this call with Kyrie that were in disagreement with it, like you said, you agreed with Lou Williams, now you can get the chance. You can talk to these guys and pull these guys in and get these guys on board more than what they are currently on board. And again, you know, when people that are down and beaten like we are as a people, when we see our other people, our folks, as we like to say, we see our folks, our NBA players, people that these kids and these young people look up to, uh, professional athletes, actors, and whatnot, that join this fight consistently and fight to the end, gives these young people and us as a people a message and lets us know that we will succeed as long as we stay together. You know, it's like that old movie, uh, Soul Food. You know what Big Mama said? When you got that fist tight, it's hard to pull it apart. We can win. We can do some things. But when you open that hand up and you got that separation, you leave that wiggle room and that space for people to get in between, it's hard to bring it back. Okay? So, with that being said, I'm going to move on to the comments of Mr. Ben Carson. You don't know who Ben Carson is, Google him, look him up. I'm not going to glorify him, but I'm going to talk about him a little bit right now and these asinine comments that he made about the protest and the NFL players in their protest. So, just to give you a little history and backtrack, as I always like to do when I give you inf information and give you new segments, after the death untimely death of one George Floyd God rest his soul and bless his family there was a video put out by some NFL players African American players and then we have some other players who said their things the Drew Brees and Jake Brown comments what I talked about last week I'm not going to go backwards into that and then you have some others um, on the other side the Caucasian side or the white side if we like to say um, like I mentioned in my opening, Pete Carroll is in support of the players. J.J. Watt says he supports kneeling. Okay, he defends the kneeling. So Ben Carson goes and he says, My personal feeling is if those players were to come out and say, Oh, sorry, let me go back. Uh, Kevin Wolf, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in. Ben Carson basically is saying that there would be a greater understanding and less backlash if NFL players made it clear that they were kneeling to protest police brutality, not to disrespect the military or the flag. All righty then. Mr. Ben Carson, you idiot. Yeah, I said it on my show, you idiot. As a black man, you should have known that way back in the beginning, four years ago, 2016, Colin Kaepernick made a statement or issued a statement saying that his kneeling in protest was not any way, shape, or form geared toward disrespecting the U.S. military veterans or the flag. It was for social injustices that continue to go on in minority communities. It was said right out front. So now, after we have the passing of the untimely passing of Ronique, what's going on, my guy? After the untimely passing of George Floyd, we had what we had. We had protests, peaceful. We had rioting. So we had protesting on both sides of the fence. We had good and bad protests. Protests nonetheless. But then, all of a sudden, People once again, and, and this is the racism, the certain members of media who initially reverted back to this protest and these protests disrespecting the flag. Flag has nothing to do with it. Like I mentioned last week, and I'm sure on my, on my group page, um, Sports Red Radio Show, I posted 
the whole entire song, The Star Spangled Banner, which was part of the conversation way back when, and I reiterated that last week when I brought it up again. But, Ben Carson, for you to be an African-American and not know already, and to even say that it is your personal feeling, and I'm sorry, and I quote, my personal feeling is if those players were to come out and say, we love our nation, we are patriots, we love our flag, we honor the memory of those who died to give us our freedom, but we are protesting some of the brutality that has occurred, and that's why we're doing this. I think it will solve the problem, and I suggest they do that. All right, Baldy says, Ben Carson has lost all of his sense, a brilliant doctor, but he lacks common sense. Absolutely, Baldy. You know what they say about common sense. Common sense is not common. So, Ben Carson, you say, uh, again, that they are, we are patriots, we love our flag, we honor the memory of those who died to give us our freedom. So, in their defense, I say, why am I going to honor or give praise to something? Ivan Robinson, what's going on, Mighty Miles? And honor and praise to something that reflects a country or a nation that is continuously murdering and treating African Americans or minorities as they are not part of the situation. So basically, we're not part of the alleged constitution and all of that stuff. So why should we honor those things? Uh, Tom Coppolini says, you take them players, Drew Brees, Malcolm Jenkins, at the end of the day. It's that opinion, it says, let me see, is that opinion correct? What about if Drew Brees is is over there uh, working construction in, in Deptford, New Jersey, and Malcolm Jenkins is working at the Philadelphia Water Department, and are still going to listen to them, were to them programmed to listen to professional athletes? I stopped listening to to dope so so long time ago. Yes, that is absolutely true. Um, Jackie Bridges, thanks for tuning in. So, getting back to Mr. Carson, I don't understand how you feel like they need to say that. Um, I think they're saying everything that they need to say. We're going to protest until something uh, something changes. And again, why am I going to honor something that stands for or condones or is representation of the brutality and injustices that are going on in these minority communities that I might have been once part of. And I'm talking about athletes when I say might have been once part of. But you still have so many others that are still living it to this day. And again, we all know it does not discriminate. African American, you can be the average Joe, like Tom Cipollini said, working a construction job in Jersey or for a department store or whatever. Or you can be a professional athlete, an actor, or you can be a prominent businessman in the stock market or whatever. Doesn't matter. At some point, you just might run into one of these racist police officers and one of these racist people walking around in our country today. So it's in our best interest to take a stand. Because I was always told as a man, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And I think... A lot of people have started to realize that, and I think people are tired of falling. And I don't mean falling for anything. I think people are tired of falling, or better, better yet, we're tired of being knocked down and kept down. It's time for us to come together and rise up and stay up. Because like we said, once we come together, we come together, it's a hell of a fight that they will have on their hands. So to Ben Carson, I say, you need to reevaluate yourself and your situation and get your, your thoughts together because everybody that talked about this protest continuously says that it's not about the flag. It's not about the veterans. Again, I go back and I tell you before Colin Kaepernick 
strategically did it, he had a, an agenda. He laid out his plan. He spoke to a veteran, and I keep saying this. He spoke to a veteran. He expressed why he was going to think or he was thinking about doing what he did. The veteran that he spoke to was very, very understanding and privy to it and gave him his praise in doing what he did as, pro as a protest. So again, the racist people want to make it about the flag because they don't want to battle. They don't want to confront the issues that they have created. They don't want the rise up in the way where they will be at a disadvantage. I think it scares them, and I think they're really scared right now. That's where I am with that. Before I close out, I also need to mention that I have to give kudos to Florida. And we all know about Florida when we talk about all of our issues with Florida being the state that uh, did the trickery and the voting for Bush and for Trump, yada, yada, yada. We all know that. But right now I have to give Florida some kudos because they are the first state to pass into a bill, the NIL law which is the name, likeness, name, image, and likeness bill, which will allow amateur college athletes to profit off of their name and their likeness while in school, which I think is a great thing. I think this is something that should have happened a long time ago because these young people in whatever sport bring a lot of revenue into these universities. Um, they do a lot for these universities. And I think that they should be compensated in some type of way for that. So now, Florida and California are the, California is still doing it, still process. Florida, I think, is the first state to legitimately pass the law, pass the bill into a law, which will begin next year, 2021. So kudos to Florida for that. And finally, Major League Baseball. The Players Union has decided to cease conversations with the owners. The owners will meet today and like I mentioned, the players, I mean the teams will be able to continue scouting but again, we have no idea what's going on with baseball when or if baseball will start and I think uh, baseball will probably be the only, the one out of the four major sports that may not get anything started and it's probably going to come down to a money issue with baseball so we'll see how that definitely plays out. And again, people, protest. Before I close, shout outs to, or blessings and condolences to the Brooks family, the family of Rashard Brooks. And I want to talk about that just for a little bit before um, I let you all go. If you don't know, the video was around. Video, and I got to say some things, and some of the things some people may disagree but before you jump to disagree think about what I say and then make your uh, assumptions or opinions bring your opinions after that and this video is up so when I say here you can definitely comment on it later on today if you see it you can rewind it and hear my comments and rethink before you comment the gentleman was intoxicated, inebriated, drunk, however you want to, whatever word you want to use, talking to the police. And I understand initially the police are asking these questions about, in reference to him being possibly inebriated. Uh, time times in, it says, it hates to be rude, but he got to spit big time. The old lady is raising hell. Uh, I didn't want to sleep on the couch the rest of my life it's not a real good couch laugh without all talk to you yeah thanks time for tuning in i appreciate you but yeah get off that couch man it's not a good spot to be in it's not a, it's almost like the next step is the doghouse and you definitely do not want to be there but uh getting back to my point um the officer is doing his job okay i understand that you're asking me questions but as you ask these questions the responses that were given by Mr. Brooks would alert you that he is visibly inebriated, visibly intoxicated. Go through all the conversation, whatever, whatever. You try to put this man in cuffs. He takes off and runs. 
so we're talking about this yesterday at work, and we're like, yo, so then we all know what happened at the end of it. They ended up shooting him, they're yelling, he allegedly took one of their tasers in the struggle or whatever. But here's my thing, and it may sound a little silly, but like I said, you may have to rewind and listen, excuse me, and listen to what I'm getting ready to say twice, three times or whatever, but you'll understand my point. And I'm not trying to be facetious or make light of the situation. I'm trying to present some outlets where if some clear thinking, some time had been instituted into this de-escalation or this attempted de-escalation that this man could still be alive today. So I'm seeing, looking on social media and one of my friends, shout out to Shiloh, Shiloh Wanamaker, he posted and stuff about it. And he said, yes, the police could have offered to take him home. They could have let him walk and followed him home or whatever. They did not have to chase him or be aggressive and end up shooting this man. I also, for one, said, the man asked, could he walk away? You could have let this man walk away. Okay. We get to the point where you try to arrest him. Allegedly, it's a struggle. Um, he takes off running. A lot of you and I know, if you're intoxicated, if you're drunk, and you try to run from somebody, at some point, you're going to fall. You know when we watch people running from people in movies or people running in real life, at some point, they feel like they get a break and they stop and they bend over, put their hands on their knees and catch their breath and then continue running. It's because you're not intoxicated. If you're intoxicated, you're not going to have that situation. You're going to run... And then you're probably going to fall at some point. Um, there, there are several ways. And like I said, I'm not making light of the situation. I'm just pointing out some conversation and some dialogue points that I had with other people about this situation where this man could still be alive. Um, he's in like a parking lot. So at some point, there's a ledge, there's a curb in that parking lot. He would have tripped over that. Not saying that I'm wishing anything bad on this guy. But like I said, I'm giving you other avenues where if time had been extended, where things could have played out a lot different. He could have run. And like I said, you take that awkward step, like stepping off a curb when you're drunk. Or like I said, when you run and you're drunk, at some point you're going to fall. They could have let him fall. Then they could have took them up, put him in the car and took him home. Or like Shiloh said, other people have said, you talk to this man, you're standing in front of him, you understand and you see that he is visibly drunk. You could offer to take his keys, offer to escort him home, offer to let him walk home and follow him in your patrol car down the street. Or let him walk home, take his keys and do whatever. This man would still be alive. There would not be another senseless death of an African-American male. A young African American male in our country, which is one of the, which is the main thing that we are all protesting right now for. So people, stay woke, stay up, pay attention, please, and continue to protest peacefully. I condone peacefully, but continue to protest. And like I said, use your mind, use that strategics, use those strategics or that strategic knowledge that you used as far as protesting and, and coordinating these riots and looting on the other side to how we can hurt these people in other ways and continue our process. Mark Reach, my brother from another. Thanks for tuning in. Late as usual. Late at the end of the show, but thanks for tuning in nonetheless. Folks, you have been tuned in to Sports Rap on Heat 100 Radio. It's your boy D signing out. Enjoy your Monday. Not going to be as hot today in the high 70s today. Enjoy this day. Like I said, we are loosening up. Restaurants and things of that nature will begin to open this week. Gentle reminder, you saw last week was our pre-Father's Day week celebration. This week is the week, the week directly before Father's Day. So on Sunday, Lou and Choose, the new Lou and Choose Backyard barbecue area from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. Come on out and celebrate Father's Day with us for a little bit. You will be able to meet and greet Heat 100 Radio personalities, 
Tina Leonardo, thanks for tuning in. You will be able to meet and greet Heat 100 Radio personalities. I will be there for some time. I don't know how long I'll be staying, but I will be there at some point. You can meet all the other co-hosts, all the other hosts of shows uh, here. You can meet the boss lady. You can meet the morning rush. Myself, Shade Sundays, uh, Foom Moments, Foom G's Moments. You can meet all of us there. Come hang out with us. Spend a little time with us and tune in. Also, lastly, my guy, Tone Trump. The book. Hold it just one second. Big Halal Steppers. You see the book. We've got some. We will be giving one away. I'm not sure if it's going to be any more, but there will be one given away on Sunday. If not, get to at Tone Trump on Instagram. The link is in his bio where you can order yours. Get your book or come out and try and win one. Come celebrate with us. Like I said, stay safe, stay woke people. It's your boy D signing out. I will see you next Monday live in studio and all week on social media. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. It's been fun.